Civilized Barking is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Hey, whether the Browns are still in it or not, we know the Ravens are coming to town on December 23rd. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a charged-up atmosphere. If you want to be there, GameTime can help get you there. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in Google Play or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd, and Tom Reed. Hi, everybody. Zach Jackson here. It's Civilized Barking. We're going to mix it up today. We're going to do the Askin Jackson edition. Um, it is Tuesday, November 19th, as we record this. So we are still on the final stages of the ever lingering Miles Garrett hangover. We're still five days from a Dolphins game, which not a lot of people care about, understandably. Um, it's rare, one of four and six team. Um, looks past the game, so we got to be a little bit careful there. But anyway, so many of you think I'm too cynical to start with. I guess we don't all watch the games. But uh, we're going to just touch on some various subjects here. We're going to get a little bit of Miles Garrett in, but we're going to try to turn the page, as I did in my mailbag column uh, that covered about 2,600 words and a bunch of different subjects that ran on Tuesday. So first of all, thank you guys for listening, for reading, uh, for sending in the questions using the Askin Jackson hashtag on Twitter, uh, where it's open all the time um, in the comments section. So most of the time we have fun with the mailbags because you're not following a specific format. You can freelance and touch on some different things. Um, you know, I prefer the hardcore football 11 days out of 10 to this drama type stuff, but I cover the Cleveland Browns. So I'm used to it. So um, anyway, uh, as we move along here, so uh, we'll be back at the facility on Wednesday morning for what would normally be the standard beginning of the work week because the Browns had a little bit of a long weekend. They they had a light practice on Monday um, or they got some work in. So the uh, it's Sunday afternoons from here on out, you know, barring a flex game. And even though um, – the week 16 game with the Ravens, I guess, as the Ravens potentially are chasing home field, could be flexed there. There are a lot of other good games that weekend. I know a couple of them got flexed to a Saturday triple header that the NFL is doing, so we'll see. But the, the Browns now will be in a standard schedule Sunday to Sunday um, and 1 o'clock local with the shifting of next week's game. And then when they play in Arizona, of course, it'll be 4 o'clock back on the home front, but it'll be 1 o'clock Arizona time. Um, they're not dead yet, so uh, you just have to win games. We know Freddie Kitchens two weeks ago got in front of the team, cited last year's Colts as the example, and said, guys, we've put ourselves up <clears throat> against the wall. we got to go 1-0 every week. They did that in uh, what was less than a classic against the Bills, but the Bills um, are currently the number one wild card team in the AFC. The Browns got that win, and then they beat the Steelers. We know those have been difficult to come by, but we know what marred that. Um, you know, what the fallout has been from that. So we don't know from Miles' appeal hearing. That will be, I believe, on Wednesday morning, and I don't know when any kind of verdict would be. I wouldn't expect anything to change. Um, you know, there could, uh, there's been speculation um, 
that he is doing this because an indefinite suspension for on-field conduct is something that doesn't really exist in the CBA, that there has to be a number on it. So we will see how the NFL um, and its people rule on that. But I wouldn't expect him to play uh, this year. I wouldn't expect it to change in that regard. If it gives some clarity for next year, that's good. Uh, That could help the Browns have a potential contract negotiation, although I would expect that to be at least a little bit delayed now uh, in light of this. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and continue to talk in circles and speculate on that because I don't know what the commissioner is going to rule. Frankly, we don't know who's going to be coaching the Browns, and we don't know what Miles is going to say and how he's going to feel about things months from now. Uh, you know, hopefully this is an incident that he can put behind, that he will do good deeds as he's done. Um, he's been an awesome guy in the community. Uh, he's a really interesting guy, but this is going to follow him for the rest of his career on and off the field. We all know that. He's going to be a target on the field. He's going to be watched very closely, and a lot of people who don't watch the Cleveland Browns but know the NFL are going to know Miles Garrett as the guy who swung the helmet. So, you know, frankly, I think when they sat down and talked about punishing um, Joby and Pouncey and Mason Rudolph and whomever ran off the sideline, I think it was probably easy to say first, Garrett's done for the rest of the year, and probably the tougher uh, conversations were about the other guys. So uh, I hear those of you who wanted Rudolph suspended for his actions. I hear those of you who are steaming mad at Mike Tomlin. It doesn't do anybody any good, and it doesn't change uh, what Miles Garrett did. So. Um, we will see how that goes. You know, on the field this week, the Browns are not going to have Ogan Joby. They're not going to have Miles Garrett. And indications at this point would be that Olivier Mer- Vernon will miss another game. So what was supposed to be the strength of the team, the starting defensive line, will be without three guys. Sheldon Richardson, the lone remaining starter. So we know Devereaux Lawrence has had some moments, played pretty well. He'll slide in and start. Uh, the starters then would be Chad Thomas and Chris Smith. Brian Cox Jr. signed just last week, would get some defensive end reps. Um, and then, and you know, we'll see um, who they pull up from the practice squad or off the street. They worked out 10 guys on Tuesday. Only one of those was a defensive end, Tank Carradine, uh, who's bounced around the league. He's a former second-round pick, but he, ha- he hasn't stuck anywhere for many years. And, frankly, there's a reason anybody with any pass rush ability would be on the street in late November uh, in, in today's game. So I wouldn't count on much there. But we'll see. Uh, we know they're shorthanded at safety. Um, no indication that Demarius Randall will get suspended for his helmet to helmet hit, but Morgan Burnett is out for the year. Uh, we know what happened with Jermaine Whitehead. So the Browns are down to three safeties on their active roster as, as we talk right now. Uh, they do have a couple guys on the practice squad, JT Hassel, the undrafted rookie, who's a phenomenal story born with just two fingers, uh, on his left hand. And then Donnie Lewis, the seventh rounder, who's also an interesting story. Um, Donnie Lewis went to the Shrine game last January and on day one of practice got hurt, a Jones fracture in his foot. So the Browns drafted him, even though he didn't have any pro day, any combine, any pre-draft work, um, wasn't in anything in the spring and then really was probably in maybe half a training camp. Maybe that's generous. Uh, he did play some, he's listed as a corner. He did play some safety. I remember seeing him in training camp in a little, little bit of the preseason, You know, was that experimentation? Uh, Was that preparing for this? You know, I don't know. We'll see. TJ carries the emergency safety on the roster. He's also been the slot corner. So we'll see. We'll update that later. Um, That's into some other stuff. Look, it's it's just another uh, reminder to all of us that um, when we're having these roster discussions and arguments that start in May and continue through June and August, um, it, it 
some of the times you dismiss these signings or some of these moves, and then all of a sudden you get to a point of the year and you wonder where guys went. You wonder where Jannard Avery went? Because I sure as heck do. <laughs> um, you know, and obviously he had fallen out of favor with this coaching staff. And that's why personnel departments kind of sweat some of these decisions with um, exposing guys to waivers or the practice squad or when you sign a guy off another team's practice squad. And obviously that team in some cases gets right of first refusal. Or if you do follow through and make that transaction, um, a guy has to be on your active roster for three weeks. So then you don't have the flexibility. Uh, I don't have an answer right now on David Njoku. He is eligible as early as this week. He was not in practice on Monday. So the the team has not really come out and said he is ready to go or he isn't ready to go. Um, he has said in brief interviews that he's healthy. He was tweeting that he would be activated, but he wasn't. He hasn't been as as of this. So I, I don't know if that if there was a setback, if there was a miscommunication. Um, or if really there was none of the above, if they had always planned to just have him on the practice field later this week and then see where he is for Sunday or even in a week. Um, you know, they still have the four tight ends now that Seals Jones is back. Um, and obviously Najoku is more talented than those guys. Um, but, you know, if you guys have read or listened to me for a long time, um, he's a long, long, long ways away. Um and the fact that he was drafted over TJ Watt is one of those things that really perplexing. But anyway, um, you know, he, unless he's a hundred percent ready, the Browns don't need to rush him back. And the disappointing thing, what I was trying to say is him missing all this time because he's a guy who needs to get better and needs real reps. And I think he had added to his game. And I think some of the red zone struggles he could have helped with. I mean, hell there was a time when this team that has Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, um, two guys named Demetrius Harris and Ricky Seals-Jones were sharing the lead in receiving touchdowns for a good chunk of this season. So anyway, a hell of a season it's been. Um, to the asking Jackson questions, first I want to shout out Chris Peters. Um, I don't know if you're listening, Chris, but your question about Jim Lampley and Larry Merchant calling the Brown Steelers game next week made the mailbag. Uh, it gave me a heck of a chuckle. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to um, just scroll some of these other questions. A question from my buddy Weimer. Uh, what happens to Miles Garrett's salary for the rest of the year? Do the Browns just keep it? Is it given to the league and donated to charity like fines are? No, his basically he just doesn't get paid. It's not like the contract is frozen. Um, well, it, it kind of is, I guess, because we went through this with Josh Gordon forever. But Miles Garrett will not get paid while he's suspended. It's not like the the money will go to charities. That's what happens when guys get fined for on field incidents. So I don't know if Miles will be fined any more money. I can't imagine that he will, given that he's going to miss the game checks. But he won't be allowed um, in the building um, for a certain time, and he won't get paid uh, until he's reinstated. So, um, you know, what that has to do with the 70 or so million in guaranteed contract that's coming miles away, and we all assume would be coming next spring. Again, I, I don't know enough about that yet, but until there's some clarity from from the NFL and really from all sides on, on how they're going to proceed, um, it's hard to imagine him signing that. So, in that realm, it is significant. Uh, question I answered in the mailbag about Joe Schobert. You know, Joe told reporters on Monday that there have been discussions about his contract. Obviously, he has had a darn good year. He might go back to the Pro Bowl. He had just had one of his best games as a pro in the Browns win on Thursday night. So I would consider that a priority, but it always comes down to money. And then we have to see who's coaching the Browns defense next year. Um, that's just a reality of, of we await this 
this whole um, December chase at something. Um, we know the odds are stacked against the Browns. We know that even if they would win out, um, they're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. They could put themselves in good position, obviously, if they would. But um, we haven't seen a lot from this coach that inspires confidence. And do you want to go down that road? I don't know. Let's not go down that road right now. But um, l- let's just say this from this end. If the Browns can beat the Dolphins on Sunday and beat the Steelers next Sunday to get to that four-game winning streak and get to 6-6 six and six with four games left, then we will dive headfirst into all the scenarios and percentages. Uh, in the meantime, um, the official stance here from me is that if you can't beat the Denver Broncos, you don't deserve to talk about being in the playoffs. And there's a chance that that's going to be the one that really dooms you uh, at the end. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually people just brush it off or blame themselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or they avoid it altogether with excuses. I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Barking and complete an online visit. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Barking to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Barking for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Barking. Question from Johnny. John Dorsey has had a few whiffs lately. Can he salvage his misses with an extension of Kareem Hunt, or does playing out the RFA process seem more likely? Interesting and relevant question. Kareem Hunt has been excellent. Um, you can make a case that he has saved the offense in each of the last two games. Some of those catches, um, just a different dimension, giving Chubb a little bit of a rest, but really just bringing in a guy who's a damn, damn good football player. Uh, he blocks, he runs, he catches. And so the situation with Kareem will be, he will be a restricted free agent. He was originally a third round pick. So unless the Browns um, sign him to a longer term extension, which seems unlikely with Nick Chubb away from being uh, a year away, excuse me, from being extension eligible, then the Browns will have the option to sign Kareem to the original round tender of the third round, uh, the middle round tender of the second round or the first round tender, um, which would obviously be worth more money. And if another team, wanted to sign him uh, to an offer sheet, they would have to be willing to give up a first round pick or the second or the third round pick based on the other tenders. So to me, it's not a football question of would there be interest in Kareem Hunt? It's more a life question. You know, can Kareem Hunt finish this season strong and then avoid trouble uh, in January and February? The Browns say yes, they've believed that they've stood by him even when there was some sort of other incident uh, this past summer. Um, He has done everything right. Obviously, that reflects in the NFL saying two weeks early that he was allowed to be back in the facility, back around the team. And so, yeah, I think the Browns want Kareem Hunt here. And I think Kareem Hunt wants to be here to an extent. But when you get to this bargaining chip, you know, um, do you just slap the second round tender and let him play one more year? Um, I'm going to say this right now. I believe that ideally the Browns would want to get two more years out of Kareem Hunt and would have the money and would pay him to do that. Would that, would Kareem want that given that he's still young, given that if he does stay out of trouble, he's going to be some team's feature back and he's going to get that big 
second contract, uh, and we know with running backs, it's all about the guarantees. It's all about the upfront money. He probably costs himself a lot of that with his actions. Uh, he will pay that price again this year. He's, you know, it was a million bucks from the Browns. Well, half the season suspended. He didn't get paid. So it's more like 500,000. Um, Again, I'm spitballing and, and projecting here. The Browns will have some leverage. They will have right of first refusal in many ways, not just in the restricted free agent process, but because they could sign him longer term. But guys, this lingers out here. And Nick Chubb is is a uh, is a good citizen. And Nick Chubb's not the kind of guy that's going to come out and say, um, you know, what about me? I, I you, I'm the guy. I deserve to be paid like the franchise back, but. This is the reality of it. So that is a situation to watch. And what's most important is that Kareem is a good citizen um, for himself, for the Browns, for, for for himself and his life first. And then we will see. But I, I just think there's no way, um, barring getting a huge, huge return in a trade or, or a first-round tender, that the Browns let Kareem Hunt play for someone else next year. I would be uh, very, very surprised. Um Here's a question I want to address. This is from Dan Wise. And it says, hashtag asking Jackson, if we take the Garrett incident aside, is it wrong to find it a little refreshing that for once the Steelers weren't kicking down the Browns? It was the Browns flexing some muscle this time. Not that I condone the violence, but being more physical. Dan, I get what you're saying, what you're asking, what you'd like to see. And I've heard it. I've seen it on Twitter. I've heard it in the barbershop this morning all around the whole, what about Muhammad Massaqua? And Josh Cribs and going all the way back to Heinz Ward nearly killing Earl Little and Antonio Brown kicking poor Spencer Landing in the face. The Browns have been bullied around um, by the Steelers for a long, long time. And we all know that James Harrison played between the whistles and occasionally a couple seconds after. Um, we all know that the Miles Garrett thing was just ridiculous. But I, I think you can't say that. Um, you know, the Browns clearly have a discipline problem. There's no running from that or massaging that. Uh, it's about, you know, harnessing these emotions. It's about establishing a level of dominance and a level of physicality that you play football with, that you win football with without crossing the line. And I think it's, a, you know, as bad as the Miles thing was and as bad as it is that you're going to play the, at least the rest of the season without him and specifically that game next Sunday in Pittsburgh without him. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, let's go. This is going to be an old-fashioned uh, slobber knocker. I don't like the hits that knocked Schuster and uh, Deontay Johnson out of the game. I'm surprised that Demarius Randall didn't get suspended for that. That's the exact hit that the NFL is trying to get out of the game. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, the Browns are a power run team. I, I know Freddie sometimes has a hard time um, coming to terms with that, but coming out and getting after people and finishing plays, um, you just have to do it without the 15 yarders, the number of 15 yard penalties. And I believe it's a 23 through 10 games of the season. Uh, in terms of the excessive category um, of penalties is just absolutely ridiculous to lead the league in penalties, to be the most team with the most ejections since 2001, the most personal fouls in a long time. Uh, it's just ridiculous. So you have to harness it, but Dan, I get what you're saying. Um, we all want the rivalry to be back. We want the Browns and Steelers to play important games, not just bloodlust games. We'll see you next Sunday. Um, chances are that's an elimination game. Chances are the Browns and Steelers are going to play and the losers wildcard hopes are going to be all but over. So we will see, but that's an interesting question. And um, this is certainly a chapter in Brown Steelers history, uh, a dark one. Um, you know, are we on our way to an era where the Browns and Steelers are playing 
and the winner wins the division or maybe a rematch uh, in the playoffs as the Ravens, as the Steelers have done with the Ravens and the Bengals in recent years. You know, we'll see. We'll see uh, how that goes. Um, question that made the mailbag about the personnel. We kind of went over that. Um, some smart ass questions as I scroll here. Uh, and the rest of them go back. Guys, I don't know what's going on with Rashard Higgins either. Uh, we know my colleague Jason Lloyd reported that he wouldn't go in the game. Um, we know he made the play against Buffalo. We know he's made plays. Um, the other day he got 29 snaps, was not targeted. So uh, Kadero Hodge is playing. He's not playing as many snaps. But this is a, uh, a guy that was undrafted a year ago out of Prairie View, caught on with the Rams, all of a sudden was playing in the Super Bowl, showed up here as a waiver wire special teams guy, and is in the offensive rotation. So uh, a lot in limbo. And we're going to close this uh, – special mailbag edition of the podcast on this question from Jason uh, Kiesaker. Sorry if I butchered your name, Jason, but um, the question is at Akron Jackson. We know the importance of continuity when it comes to establishing a winning culture. Is it fair to expect the Browns to change culture when they're firing the coach every one to two seasons? I'm not advocating for Freddie to remain. And buddy, Jason, I don't know you, but I hear you. And I kind of feel the same way. Um, I watch. I'm there. And I, I like Freddie a lot on a personal level. I feel like he's swimming. Um, I feel like this team has underachieved. I know this team has been a flat-out embarrassment for much of the year. Um, arguably the most disappointing team in the league, inarguably the most embarrassing team in the league. And when these discipline things pop up and these taunting penalties and these personal fouls and these ejections, it's not all on the head coach, but it, it falls somewhere. And – um, let me f finish this thought by saying, Jason, you're exactly right. You don't go anywhere in terms of building and establishing culture when you're changing things. And even those of you who have made up your mind on fire, Freddie, this guy's got to go. We're an unorganized mess. That means there's going to be a new defensive coordinator. That means there's going to be a new offensive coordinator that opens the door for the next Gennard Avery to fall out of favor with the coaching staff. There's going to be personnel changes across the board. It means all you spend your off season, um, rebuilding and installing things rather than refining things. Joe Thomas talked about that because he lived it uh, about 17 times during his 11-year career where the Browns constantly change. So all of these things, um, John Dorsey and those John Dorsey trusts are going to need to make those decisions. And Freddie Kitchens and the Browns, and you know, frankly, it's time for the players to be big boys. Uh, they got six games here, not just to make a playoff run that might or might not come true, but to play big boy football, to handle themselves like adults, to show growth, um, to come out and win games under adverse circumstances and to prove to everyone that they can be the group that finally gets this done. You know, and if guys, if this thing ends at eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine, however, um, and you can cite some progress and you can say that there were valuable lessons learned and that things are going to get cleaned up, then maybe that's the necessary step along the way. Because I think a lot of us got greedy and took for granted just how difficult it is to win in this league and how unlikely it is a team goes from the absolute bottom where the Browns have been so long to all of a sudden win in 10, 11 and rubbing elbows and playing the big boys in January. So Jason, your question is interesting and it's valid and it's one that we're going to answer um, or at least re-ask in some form or fashion um, in the aftermath of this Sunday's game ahead of next Sunday's huge one with the Steelers and before and after every game, the rest of the way out. Um, you know, the Browns were never going to win the Super Bowl this year. They've still been disappointing. 
Um, you know, the Browns played some difficult t- teams, always were going to have growing pains. Now they're playing a little bit better in some key areas. Now they have some more winnable games. What's this team look like? What's the final evaluation? I don't know. We got six games left. They're all going to count. Again, thank you guys for listening, for reading. If you're still here through all my rambles, we appreciate it. Um, I know Tom Reed has a big story later in the week coming out. I'm not going to spoil that for him. Again, I'll be back at the facility on Wednesday um, as we go through the normal paces as the Browns get ready for the Dolphins on Sunday at one o'clock. So again, uh, thank you guys for all the support for following along. Um, we, we want it to change too. <laughs> we, we, we would like to see this thing get really interesting. And for once I would love to see a December in Berea. that's about wins and about progress rather than about drama. So we'll see what happens. I'm Zach Jackson. We'll talk to you next time on civilized Bark.